Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. I've been ready to preach this one for a while, so y'all are going to get yelled at in a good way. And I hope y'all will shout back with me. Is anybody ready to shout in this place today? So I'm really pumped. Will y'all pray with me as we get started? God, I just believe that today some people are going to be able to leave here and leave different than they came in. Not because the word is great, but because your word is great. Because we trust you. Because you are truly the one that can provide us with breakthroughs and change. And God, we just trust you. I believe you. I believe that every person that follows Jesus Christ is more than a conqueror. And that you did not intend for us to just survive and make it through, but thrive. And that includes in our relationships. And so in Jesus' name, I just declare and believe that you're going to do more than we can ask or think. And it's going to start today in each individual heart. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, and we declare and believe these things in your name. Amen. Amen and amen. So let's start with this thought. And I need y'all to talk to me up in this place. Let's start with this thought. How many of y'all can honestly admit with me that there's a difference between a he and a she? Huh? That dudes are from Mars and that ladies are from Venus, and we know that this is the case because some of y'all live with the opposite sex. And so everybody's done that at some point, right? We got a mama, we got a daddy, we got an uncle, we got somebody in our lives that we're close to that's the opposite sex. And we know that we're very different. And I could spend the next 30 minutes just talking about the differences between my boo, what's up girl, and myself, and there are plenty. I mean, it's unbelievable. And we used to laugh. I gotta tell y'all this as we're getting started. I'm so thankful I've been married a while now. Because I've learned, gentlemen, this is free. I've learned not to say certain things. Just because it's on your mind does not need to, does mean, wow, let's try that again. Easy for me to say. Just because that's on my mind does not mean that that should be on my lips. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I remember saying when I was a young man and we had first gotten married, I just don't enjoy this because I don't get to do what I want to do. I wish it was more fun. I wish because there's things that I like to do and there's things that you like to do. This doesn't even make sense. I'm struggling with this. This doesn't even make sense. I'm frustrated because there's things that are his and there's things that are hers. And I, I just, I'm frustrated, Leah. I don't get this. And I'm telling you, this was like our life's journey. This was frustrating. I can tell you this. I thought about this last night. We were actually laying in bed talking and I can tell you with absolute certainty that this is the best season of our lives at this point. And it's crazy because we're living in about 400 square feet right now. And the upstairs of my mama's house, it's, it's tight, it's cramped. My, my kids are living in this one room with a computer and a desk in there. And Lee and I are in a, a full bed. And let me just tell you something. I fill up. <laughs> huh? Jesus' name. A full bed. And then when you add another her, that's you, it gets real tight up in that mug. 
but we're just content. And it's because we've made a conscious decision that it doesn't have to be the way that it's always been, that we're more than conquerors in Jesus. And this relationship can not only work, but it can thrive and we can make each other better. And that's what I'm really excited about. But there's some things about us that are different. For example, his side of the bed and her side of the bed. I need all the married people to talk to me up in this mug because y'all know what I'm talking about. How is it that I'm twice the size of my wife and she takes up more bed than me? Huh? Come on now. I know all the un- y'all non-married people up in here. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but you will someday. And how is it, wives, that you always have cold feet? I'm not talking about you're nervous. I'm talking about your feet are cold and you put them on me. Huh? Stop it. His and hers. Can y'all see this? Because we don't care, right? Hey, when y'all get a roll of toilet paper, dudes, I know y'all better talk to me. When y'all get a roll of toilet paper, do you put it back on or you just set it on top of it? Right? Because what does it matter? You're going to use it anyway, the toilet paper. They got all the fold in it. It's got to look good like you're on a cruise ship. Nope. We know what toilet paper does. Come on, somebody. Then this is her bathroom. It's pretty, right? It looks like you're at a spa. This makes me tired because someone had to put those, those pretty petals down in that tub, and then it gets on your sticks. But it's pretty. It's so pretty. It's hers. And then this is his. Everybody say, Ugh. Like, is there a dude in here, and please don't raise your hand if this is you because I'm going to have to call you out, that has not thought, how awesome would it be to have a urinal up in my bathroom? Huh? Praise the Lord. Because that's just, and it's just rugged and manly. If, anyway, we'll move on. This is her perfect date. Her perfect date. I heard some of y'all, oh. Right? It's so nice. It's the sunset. And the candles. And the beach. And the weather's perfect. And then this is his perfect date. Can we just eat some pizza and make out? Huh? Praise the Lord. I mean, I'm just being real. We're keeping it real this morning. And so we can all admit that there's differences between men and women. We can all admit that there's differences between men and women. But there's one thing that I think can bring us together. One thing that the Lord showed me a couple weeks ago that has really stretched me and caused me to really lean in in this particular topic and it's interesting because Jesus, while he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, taught so many things in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And you can study it and read it. And there's one verse that kind of stands alone. It's not really tied in with the verses before or the verses after. It kind of sits by itself. And for generations, people have, have quoted this verse, but put it in all different books and all different things. And we use it. And people that don't believe in Jesus believe this verse. And they believe it because they know that if we would actually do Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, that it would change the game. And here's what it says. So whatever you wish that others would do for you and to you and for you, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also, do then, excuse me, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And we learned it this way. If you grew up like I did, you learned it this way. Whatsoever you wish that a person would do. Do it to them. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Whatever I wish that you would do, I should do. So, so this is the tension. In my life, what I end up believing is 
that I should do for you what I want done for me. And you're like, yeah, that's what that verse says, right? It, it says whatever you wish, then do it for them. But, but what you have to do is you have to consider them. And this is where his and hers gets difficult. Because I don't think like her. But I have to start. And I have to start leaning in and I have to start changing things. And then this is why the verse has really got me thinking. When we were going to the beach um, after Christmas, I I just wanted to take some time that week before we got back and just really pray, God, what would you have for us this year? Not just me, but this house and everything, what, what would you have for us? And I was praying and I was really believing that I was hearing from the Lord. And then Thursday night of that week, I had this dream. And it was crazy. I woke up in the dream. And sometimes people see dream, or have dreams and stuff and they say, I heard from the Lord. And it's really not that because you won $5 million and you still hadn't won it. You know what I'm talking about. But, but this one I really believe was from the Lord. And this is what it was. I was sitting in a chair and there was a brunette lady. So I believe it was you, but I don't know if it was you or not. So let's just assume it was. But all I could see was the back of her head and she was... She was leaning over me and telling me things about me, and I was writing them down. And it was very nice. She was telling me that I was passionate. She was telling me that, that I had these talents and gifts. And then the last one is the one that shifted something in my heart. She said, drain. And that's the only thing that she said is just drain. And I was like, who are you talking to? Drain? We're talking about practice. <laughs> what are you talking about? Drain? I, I don't even know. What, like, a Drain? And so I literally got up, I think it was 6.30 in the morning, no one else in the house was up. I got up and I just took a little walk and I said, Lord, am I really a drain? Because the opposite or the goal would be that people would think of me as a fountain. That people would look at me and say, he gives life, he doesn't take life. Because here's the distinct factors of these two things. This is what people think of when they think of me. And, and, and so I had all these gifts, 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 gifts. Listen to this because this is crazy. I had all these things that were good about me, but then the very last thing is who I actually am. And what this person said, and I really do believe it was her, is you're draining me. You're draining me. It's draining to me when you speak, when you talk, when you want your way, when it's always about you, when you fuss with me about things that really don't matter, there's no fruit at the end of what we're fussing about. Because here's the truth. I need someone to talk to me in this place. Most of the time that we fight, we don't even know what we're fighting about about halfway into it. But we know that we need to win the fight and we know it needs to be our way. And as I began to think through this, because I'm telling y'all, at first I was arguing with God. I was saying, God, I'm not a drain. I mean, God, I'm a pastor. I study. Look what I do for you, God. I can't be a drain. And then I remembered that my gift or my talent or what I do as a job has nothing to do with whether or not I'm a drain or a fountain. Because can I just tell you this? When I'm laying in bed with Leah and she's had a hard day, she could care less that I have a message I can preach to her. I mean, that's not helping. Me instructing her on what to do is not helping. Guys, ladies do not want your help in instruction. They want you to listen and shut your mouth. I need some ladies in here to talk to me because that was free. And then some heavy stuff started downloading inside of me because this is what I really thought. Because if you're around a body of water, there can be a drain that comes in 
and takes all the water out and it sucks it dry and it pulls all the life out or it, there can be a fountain inside and not listen this is big not only does the fountain give water but it also renews because if there's a stagnant body of water it is going to die the Dead Sea is only the Dead Sea in Israel because it has water coming in, but it doesn't leave. It's stagnant. And that's what our lives are like. And even if you're not pulling the life out of them, you're not giving life. And that is what God's called us to do. Whatever I wish someone else would do for me, do also to them. This is the law and the prophets. But wait, but wait. They're not doing anything for me. I cannot tell you how many times I've met with people that are married or that are struggling, and they can be single, and it doesn't matter. I've never had someone come into my office that I know of and say this. Pastor Mark, we're struggling, but it's all me. I'm an idiot. I'm a jerk. I've done these things. This is a me problem. Never. It's always been. Man, if she would just, like she don't listen to me. I've been telling her what to do. Am I listening to myself when I'm saying these things? No, I'm being a drain on her because I think that instructing her is actually going to shift something. Because I don't get her and she don't get him. Because it's, it's hard to do this life. Because if we can just take off the scales and the, and the crap for a second and, and be real with each other, we can say this. If, if, if you work with anybody, if you don't live in a box and you're by yourself, it doesn't matter if you're married or not. Life is difficult. And it compounds when you have to have relationships. But God chose to make us relational beings where we do life together and we're better together. But here's the deal. This world is corrupt. This world is dying and falling and decaying far from God. And we expect them out there to do something for us in here. And I'm just telling you something. It ain't going to happen. We put our hope in these silly things that have no fruit, no goodness at the end of it. And we think that maybe if I just try harder and I tell them what to do and I live my life by do as I say, not do as I do, then maybe something will change. And then we let our circumstances begin to define us and they dictate what we're going to do. And our next move is based on what he did or what she did or what they did in our life. And, and you know these people that are drains in your life because this is how you know it. Every time you're around a drain, they got someone or something to complain about. And most likely it's you eventually because they think that they have something that they need to correct you in. And the more I thought about this, the more I had this heaviness in my heart. I literally teared up sitting in the porch looking at the intercoastal waterway and I teared up and thought, God help me. Because this is what I believe, y'all. I think breakthroughs begin at the point that you can be honest with yourself enough to say, holy crud, this is me, not her. Holy crud, this is me, not him. Oh my goodness, I can have enough self-awareness where I realize that even though he or she may be completely wrong, even though they, even though this or that, I can realize the part that I played in this and realize that I've been a drain. I don't need to have the right answers to be life-giving. I just need to be alive and be beside her and think of her needs above my own. But the problem is that's hard. Because how can you not think of yourself? It's, it's almost impossible. Because, because when God created human beings, he created us on purpose with this idea in mind. That we would live a culture of perfection. Listen to this. And then sin came in the world. But when God created Adam and Eve in a, in a garden called Eden, they lived and it was perfect. It was paradise. They were naked and didn't even know it. Come on, somebody. That sounds good to me. 
Jesus' name. Like it was perfect. It was paradise. And, and actually, what I think is so fascinating about it is it actually means delight or pleasure. The word Eden actually translates delight or pleasure. And in this church, if you've been here for long, what we've talked about over and over is that we are called to bring heaven's culture down to earth, that the kingdom culture is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That that, that is what we're called to do. And if it's not happening in my home, then who cares what I'm saying out there? Is anybody with me in here? So if you want to know if you're a drain or a fountain, answer this question very simply. Is it delightful and pleasurable to be around Mark? I don't mean is it fun, because sometimes life is not fun. I don't mean is it easy, because sometimes life isn't easy. There will be difficulties that we go through in this life. But I mean, do people when they're around you say, my life just got better and it's pleasant and delightful because of the culture of their heart, because of who they are. And then this is what I find interesting. Shannon and the worship team sang Alive in the River right before And I think that's awesome because in the middle of the garden, the life-giving thing in the garden, what was was giving off life was this river. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 10. But I want you to just think about this. There is a life source that is flowing out of every single person. But for some of you, it's not Jesus. For some of you, it's whatever you've put your hope in. And every single person that is around you knows it, oftentimes except for you. Because I can fool you for a while, but the reality is you know what you're getting when you get me a lot of times. And if I think I'm too good or above any person, the lowest of people deserve my love, deserve my compassion, deserve my honor. But a lot of times I don't do it, listen, because I wonder what I can get from them. If that's my thought, then I'm a drain. If the first thing that I think of when I see somebody is, I wonder how they can help me, I'm a drain. If, if when my cell phone number comes up on someone else's phone and they see Mark Pangle and they think, oh gosh, what does he want? I'm a drain. And I can't be an Eden man that is delightful and pleasurable. And this has nothing to do with intimacy. This leads to intimacy if it's right. And most of the time, what we want to do is get what we can get out of our wife, get what we can get out of our husband, get what we can get out of our coworker, and then walk away and say, well, she just won't give me what I need. But Jesus never said that if she gives you what you need, then do unto her what you wish she'd have done to you, but she already did it. He said, no matter what she's done, if she screwed up so bad that you can't even believe it, if he did things that you can't even comprehend, do to him what you wish he'd do to you. And then you'll be a fountain of life. And so look at this. I think this is awesome. Genesis chapter 2. It says, a river flowed out of Eden. Now notice this says a river. It can best translate a spring, a fountain in the middle, flowed out of the center of Eden. Eden is a representation of culture. And in the middle of that culture, what gave off the culture, what what was creating this, this life that could go out was this river. And then look at what it says to the water excuse me, to water the garden. Because if you've ever been around barren places, everything dies when there's not water flowing through and water dies. And and so it says right here, the purpose was to give water to the four corners, to the north, south, east, and west. And and it divided and became four rivers. Everybody say four rivers. Then the name of the first river was Pishon. Say Pishon. Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land 
of Havilah. That's a fun word to say. Say Havilah. There's no purpose in that. I just wanted you to say where the where there is gold. And the next verse saying the gold was good and it was a good place. And and verse 13 says the name of the second river is the Gihon. And that river flowed around the whole land of Cush. And these are different directions. And there was very distinct purposes in why these rivers flowed these ways. And the name of the third river was the Tigris. And if y'all are familiar with anything in the world, these other two rivers have different names today. But these two rivers remain the same as far as name goes. And the third river is the Tigris. It flowed east to Assyria. And the fourth flowed And its name was Euphrates. And so we know the Tigris and Euphrates, but this is the part that I thought was so cool. Because you see, I think a lot of y'all have gotten behind this idea of we can change the culture. And I'm telling you with all my heart, I believe God's doing a new thing. And I believe he's going to change the culture. And I believe he's going to use you. But we don't just get to talk about it. We have to be it. And the thing I love about this story is Eden means pleasant and delight. But God didn't just leave it there. He gave us four rivers that flowed to every part of the world. If you ever want to know how to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, he gives us a picture right here. And in your home, if these four things aren't being displayed, these four rivers, then we're going to sit empty. You're like, I don't even know what that means. Well, here's what it means, and this is what I think is awesome. Each one of these rivers have a very distinct meaning in their name. And I think if we could just get these and understand this, it would shift what we are in our home. It would stop making it all about me. That every single fight that I have, I would consider, oh my goodness, was that fight, did that fight really have merit in something that I should be going after? Or was it something that I should have taken a step back and thought, wait a second, what good is that going to do? Look at this. This is so awesome. The four rivers. The first one of these four rivers or four fountains, the one fountain that becomes four rivers is Pishon. And it means overflow or increase. Overflow or increase. I'd love for y'all to write these down because I really believe that they'll help you in your life. Pishon means overflow or increase. Now listen to this. I need y'all to know this, that every single person in the room gives off increase. Did you know that? You give off some kind of increase. The problem is it may not be increasing what we want to increase. Because a lot of times when I'm around people, they hear gossip or they hear negativity from my spirit. And I think that I'm telling them good words because I'm throwing in a Bible verse or I'm putting it on Instagram, so I must have done a good thing. But when people get me, not when they get Pastor Mark on a stage with a microphone, but I'm talking about when people get me, they find out if it's an increase of what they've been called to do and who they are in Christ, or if they're getting an increase of the weight that they have never been even called to carry, that they were supposed to lay at the feet of Jesus. Oftentimes what I am is very different than what I say, and it increases the level of anxiety and stress and hurt in their life because they're not doing exactly what I wish they would do, so I increase their stress, I increase their hurt. I'm not willing to just sit down and shut up and listen to my wife or to some of you when I'm having to do life with you because I want to fix you. And I'm not worried about the fact that the person that needs fixing more than anybody else that I know is me. And so the culture change that I'm trying to do is let me change you by telling you what to do. But there's not an increase of hope, of restoration, of what God's called us to be. And so instead of doing unto them what I've been called to do, I push down and say, yeah, but I increased your knowledge, your information. 
People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Number two, I love this one. It means breakthrough. Gihon means breakthrough. Gihon means breakthrough. I've said this before at our church, but I really mean it. You can't have a personal breakthrough until God is allowed to break you. Most of us think that the world needs to be broken because it's so hurt and so torn apart, but we never consider that we're the ones that need the breakthrough more than anybody else. We're never willing to consider how hardened we've become and we can't even see the forest from the trees in our own lives. And so we point fingers at everybody else that needs to be changed. And here's what the result of that is. The only breakthrough I give them is to break through farther into the doldrums and the hurt that they're actually in. Because I'm draining the life out of them with everything that I do. And even though I might have the right things to say with my mouth, culture is not created simply with your mouth. It's very important what you say. Very important because life and death is in the power of the tongue. But if all I say is good stuff and then all I do is negativity and I put off this aura of you should be serving me, then there's an impossibility that someone in my life, as a result of their relationship with me, they certainly can with God. But just because of me, if all I'm ever doing is criticizing them, if all I'm ever doing is trying to start a fight, or even if I'm not trying to start a fight, I'm certainly flaring it up, then breakthrough is not going to happen. Number three, swift. I love this one. Swift, an arrow to a target. It literally can translate best. Tigers can literally translate best. Pointing someone. I mean, literally like the cartoons we used to watch and the dog goes, like that's the direction, right? It's literally like taking someone and saying, this is your destiny. Like, like, look, look, I know you're struggling in your life, but it's this way. It's swift. We can go this way. It's this way. It's this way. And what we tend to do is we tend to be barriers in people's lives because we think you're not helping me reach my destiny. It's not your job to help, or excuse me, it's not, it's not your job to think of, of just yourself and it's not my job to, to only think that it's all about me because if that's what I do in my home, then my children will wander around and when they're 25 and 30 years old, I will say, well, I talked you to death and I told you what to do, but, but daddy, you never showed me. You never took a step ahead. You were never the man of the house and the pastor of our home. And so when I thought where to go, I just watched you and I watched you and I watched you and I went where you went. And the direction that you went wasn't the kingdom. The direction you went wasn't to, to follow Jesus with all your heart, soul, and mind. And you might have said it, but your reactions, your reactions were far different than that. And it caused me wandering. And here's the truth. In every Christ follower, there's a wellspring of life that is bubbled up. But a lot of times, it's stagnant or it's drained out from other Christians. I'm tired of blaming them or the devil. I'm certainly not saying the devil doesn't attack because he's going to. But I'm just tired of not taking ownership for what belongs to me. I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that life change and that new purpose and that new beginnings and that being a conqueror and being more than a conqueror and being a fountain is a decision, not a result of something that happened to me, except for the fact that Jesus gave me life. Then it's a decision every day. Well, I will purpose in my heart not to look at a woman in lust, that I will purpose in my heart to have my eyes fixed on Jesus. I will purpose in my heart to have clean hands and a pure heart before him. I will purpose those things in my heart. Why? Because he called me to be more. Yeah. 
And the problem is, everybody deals with heavy distractions where you think the world is against you. But I'm telling you, if you rode here today, if you lived your life yesterday by thinking of all the things that are wrong, and you didn't consider the one thing that's right. Last night, when we were laying in bed, I was having to fight away getting choked up because I'm an emotional creature. And I'm not embarrassed about that. And I just thought of this. As we were leaving here last night, I looked up, and it was beautiful skies. Stars were out. And I just thought, God, you made those by speaking. And you call me son? Who am I, is what David said, that you would be mindful of me? If all hell is breaking loose in your life, you can remember one thing. God called you to be a son or a daughter, not just a random him or her. And that even though the world may be against me, and even though my home may be a wreck, and even though everything else may be coming apart, I can set myself apart because I can put my feet on the solid rock who is Jesus. And I can make it purposed in my life that I will not be what I've been, and I don't care what they call me. Some will call me crazy. Some will say I've lost my mind. I don't care. I will stand because I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor principality or darkness, nothing can separate me from God's love. So come against me, haters, if you will. I do not care, but I will be a life giver. I will be a fountain because the fountain is flowing through me and in me. And then, as a result, I'll begin to point people to their destiny, not just consider my own. And there'll be this wellspring that starts happening and people will start going, what's going on in their house? Like they used to fight all the time. But they're trying to point each other without, without just instruction. They're trying to point each other to the future of what God's called them to do. And then the last one is fruitfulness. I think this one's strong. This one really challenges me. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Bad company corrupts good character. I want you to consider this as we're looking at this and then we're going to close. If I want to know if I'm a drain, I can answer it pretty much in this way. Bad company corrupts good character. The word corrupt means rotten fruit. So, so the reality is everybody that gets to be around you, and most especially the people that know you best or live with you, they are being affected by your fruit. And it's either draining them to corruption or it's raising the standard in their life. And it's purifying is what the opposite of corrupt means. So this is what I have to ask myself. Are my waters that are flowing out inside and outside of me purifying or making it toxic for people to do life in and work in and play in? Not do I have the answers, because if you're a Christ follower, you got the answer. But it's really hard to believe when it becomes toxic and corrupt, when it becomes rotten. When people are around me and they feel rotten, they sense rotten, I'm angry. I allow my circumstances to dictate how I will live rather than allow my God to dictate my circumstances and how I live. I will not believe everything that happens against me is because God is against me. I will believe God and know that my circumstances will not overcome. I will begin to see change take place just simply by loving people and not allow fruitless living of godliness to take place any longer. My mouth will begin to change. My life will begin to change. And it will not be something that I have to convince you of. It will be something that people are convinced of because I live convinced. 
And when those things start taking place, heaviness starts leaving you because God takes your heaviness because you lay it at his feet. But most of us know all about Jesus and know that what he said that I'm going to show you in just a second is the truth. But the reality is when people are around us, we're not lifting the standard. The only way that we can change the culture is by replacing it with one that's better and that swallows the old one whole. But I just wonder this. If people just look at the homes and the lives of, of Christ followers and they look inside my home on the worst of days, what are they seeing? Are they seeing people that are miserable? Or are they seeing people that are raising the standard no matter what's going on that we still love each other in spite? It's not what she does that makes me love her. It's because I made a covenant with God. I knew when I was 16 years old that I was going to marry her. And no matter what comes my way, she's mine. And I'm hers. And the person that I should give life to more than anybody else is her. With all due respect to every other person that ever lives on this planet, she's my girl. But most often, she's who I dishonor and treat as common and push down and corrupt with my bad fruit. But I say no longer. I will no longer be defined by my past or by what I was. I will give life in every situation because Jesus gave life to me. Not because I'm better, but because he makes me better. And so these four things, and you have to decide this in your heart. Don't just leave and think, I can be delightful and pleasurable. Don't just think that you have a river flowing through you. Remember that this river touches every part of the person's life that you're in contact with. It adds overflow. It adds breakthroughs. It makes them swift toward their destiny in Christ Jesus. And fruitfulness begins to come up. And listen, oftentimes that happens because of their relationship with you. Oftentimes that happens of their relationship with you and I need you to know that this thing these things happen through intimacy not just instruction that it's important to instruct it's important to speak the truth in love it's important to share but we must be intimate we must have time it takes time most of us want to just say a word and everything changes but it takes time for a culture change to take place in your home it takes time and it doesn't take time of me telling her where she's wrong. It takes time of me reflecting through the Lord Jesus of what I can do to help change the matters. How can I lift her up from the difficulty that she's in and stop just considering my own thing and lift her up? What is it about me that I can do at work when my boss is losing his mind that I can lift him up or lift her up? What is it about me that when my teammates are losing their minds, I can lift them up or lift her up? I don't care if you're the best. God doesn't need the best. God is God. He is so much greater than the best that you can think of. He just needs willing servants of him that will say, I'll give you all of this. It may not be what you're looking for, but I'll give you all of this. But when you're around me, I'm going to lift the standard and raise hope and you'll see life in Jesus name and you may not always love what I am but I'm gonna be intimate with you and I'll look past all that junk that's in your life because I know the God that loves you and he's called you and I'm gonna believe that he's gonna raise the standard it's not about me you don't have to believe me but you can believe the God that I serve because he loves you and he's called you and he's a difference maker but I'm telling you right now you can't give what you ain't you can't put out what you ain't. And eventually people are going to know. He talks a good game. She talks a good game. She's always trying to fix me, but she's not even fixed. 
We're all sinners and we're all going to keep sinning. I'm telling y'all right now, I'm going to sin this week. I'm going to sin today. But my goal is not to fix you. My goal is to walk convinced and let the culture of my home and this house and what God is doing be what overwhelms you. And when you get in the presence of God, he'll shift something in your life. But you can't tell them what to do if in here we're not that. If at your home you're not that. If at your workplace people are around you and they walk carefully around your cubicle because they know that negativity is about to come off, that we don't really believe God. We believe what all the world is saying about this world. Oh my goodness, this Friday a new president sworn in. It'll be good. It'll be terrible. Who cares? I know we need to pay attention, but my God has been on the throne and will continue to be on the throne. And he's the one that I trust, and I trust him alone. And God will remove this man if he's not supposed to be there or keep him in if he is. But I will not put my hope in any president. I will put my hope on the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when I believe that, I can give out what I am, not give out what I'm not. And this is the story that it reminds me of because I believe that even though we know all about Jesus, we can so relate to the woman at the well in this case. She was blown away that Jesus knew the intimate things about her. That she had been married five times and she was living with the sixth dude. She was standing at this well. Isn't that a beautiful picture? We're talking about the well that flows inside of you because Jesus is your living water. He's your hope. He's your life source. That only when you place all your faith and trust in him does life change. And he says, everyone who keeps drinking this water is going to be thirsty again. Everyone who tries to do it the way that we've been trying to do it will keep being frustrated and say, why do I feel empty inside? But, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him never is thirsty again. No matter your circumstances, no matter what comes against you, you never have to be thirsty again because the water I give him will become a, in him, in you, in your life, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then the other time Jesus mentioned this was in John chapter 7. He stood on this box in Jerusalem in the middle of the city and he said, if anyone is thirsty... This is my declaration to you today. If any of you are thirsty, let him come to Jesus, not Mark. Fall at his feet and say, Jesus, I need change because I want to be the life source of my home. But I know that only you are the true life giver and that if I keep trying, I'm going to push people down and be corrupt. But I want out of me to flow living water because I realize that I'm desperate and I'm lost, that I'm empty that even though I do my best to have a good attitude, it's not about just having a good attitude. It's about life in his name. And until I have life in his name, I'll always be faking it until I make it. I'm just never going to make it. I'll never be good enough for my home to change. But I'm telling you this, he's always been good enough for everything to change. And you can trust him. And this is what I just really felt this pre pressure in heaviness about a couple weeks ago and even last week and yesterday while I was walking around here praying and this morning and I just believe there's a lot of people that are filled with knowledge but the spring of life is not flowing through you and so you can go to every marriage conference every premarital counseling session every seminar you ever want to but until Jesus is your place of hope until Jesus is your freedom until Jesus is where you place all your trust. You'll keep trying to read a self-help book and look back and say, I'm still not helped. Because there's only one that can really help. And that's Jesus. And that's placing all your trust in him. And that's remembering this, that 
while I was still a sinner, he died for me, Romans 5, 8. Even though I was going to sin and be corrupt in my spirit like that bad fruit, God looked down on me and said, I love him, and I love him, and I love her, and I called him, and I want them to be my sons and daughters. And this is all that it is. I confess what I really am and then believe in my heart what he really is that he died and rose again and then he's alive and sitting on God's right hand today and he's calling you home. And what he wants to give you is not just a place in heaven, but life today that flows out of you and changes everything that you touch because of him, not because of you. See, I don't have to be better. I have life in his name. And I just believe that some of you, some of you, that's you today. Listen, if you're too prideful or if you're too nervous, you're too afraid to stand up and declare that Jesus is your Lord, then that's okay. I love you and I will continue to pray for you. But I believe that there are people under the sound of my voice right now that the life change that needs to take place in you is that you swallow your pride and you say, I'm tired of trying to do it my way and I'm ready to have the river of life flowing through me. I'm thirsty, but I'm tired of trying to go back to the same well that never makes me full. I'm ready to be satisfied. I'm ready to be filled. I'm ready for something new to start. And his name is Jesus. And if that's you, this is your opportunity for life in his name to stand up and declare Jesus is the only way and I will walk in freedom with him. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me with nobody looking around? I believe that the Lord is moving in some of your hearts and I believe that now is the time for your salvation. All I want you to do, and this takes boldness, but I believe that God is saving people in this room. I just want you to stand to your feet and say, Pastor, that's me. I feel like you're talking straight to me. Come on, don't you let anything hold you back. You stand up to your feet right now and say, that's me. I'm standing up. I will follow Jesus Christ. I want the wellspring of life flowing in me. I am desperate. I am lonely. I have nowhere to turn. Come on, if you're lonely in this place, you won't let anything hold you back. I am lonely and I need Jesus to fill me and fill my life. I will follow him. I will follow Jesus Christ every single day for the rest of my life. And heaven will be my destiny when I die. If that's you, I just want you to stand right now and say, Pastor, I'm in. I'm following Jesus. I'm in. Praise the Lord. Every person in this room is a follower of Jesus. Let me ask you this question. You're more than welcome to stay seated, and I will have done my job when I sit down. But I just believe there's some marriages that need healing, some homes that need to be healing, some relationships with fathers and sons and daughters, some relationships at work that need healing. I'm not asking you to heal them. I'm not asking you to change them. I'm asking you to be honest enough with yourself to say I'm a drain, but I will be no longer. And because I'm a follower of Jesus, I will be a life giver in everything that I do because he gave me life and out of me will flow a fountain every single day. God is doing something new and I receive it and I believe it in Jesus' name. And if that's you all over the room, I just want you to stand to your feet and say, that's going to be me. I'm going to live the culture of life. Thank you. I'm going to live the culture of new. I will be the person that is affecting change where I live, work, and play. I will be the person that God does new things through. I believe, I believe Lord, help my unbelief. In this place, Lord, you see dozens and dozens of people standing to their feet. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over them right now, Lord, that you will strengthen them. Give them the resolve that it takes time, that, that this thing in their home is going to take time, that they're going to feel like giving up, that, that they're going to feel defeated, that they're going to feel overwhelmed. But God, they will not be because you've changed everything in them. You've made all things new. Lord, I believe there's a new thing that you're doing in this place. 
And just because I've struggled in my marriage, in my past, in relationships in the past, I will not anymore. I will not let the outside dictate what is happening inside of me. I will be your man. Lord, I will be your woman, whoever it is in this place declaring it. And I will be free. Lord, I pray that you will bless every person to keep their eyes on Jesus in everything that they do, everything that they think, everything that they say. And when people around us, it will be pleasant and delightful. And that people will say, that person has been with Jesus. I've been with a person that walks with Jesus. I've been with a person that is alive in Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe that you're going to do great things in 2017 in this house and it's going to start in our homes and in our lives we love you Jesus I am so excited about what you're doing in this place and in our homes we just declare that you're better than everything that can come against us and that we trust you we trust you Lord we don't trust what we can accomplish but in you all things are possible because we're more than conquerors in Jesus we love you Lord everybody say amen, amen.